Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Edition with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Mara, some casting news over at Days. We're going to see the return of Stacey Hyduk as Kristen, who has been missing in action since we last saw her on camera in July. So I spoke to Stacey about her comeback to the show. She says she knew it would happen, but didn't know when. She was really excited to hear she'd be working with the actress who plays Rachel, Brady and Kristen's daughter, and had some great scenes with her. Uh, You know, I also asked her about the show bringing Eileen Davidson in to play Kristen in Beyond Salem. So Stacey said she was a little thrown at first, but once she heard what the story was and why they wanted Eileen, who originated the role, to be a part of the spinoff, she was all good with it. Um, And, you know, I think the funny thing is with that particular role, um, there's like five different people you could possibly play. Right. So I feel like there's a lot to go around. Um, And now in other days news, James Reynolds is marking 40 years since his debut as Abe Carver, and you had the pleasure of speaking to him about it. I did. Uh, I have so much affection for James Reynolds. Uh, I actually met him in person for the first time at Soap Opera Digest's 40th anniversary party in Los Angeles. I spent a good chunk of the evening with him and his lovely wife, and we just really connected, and I feel like that bond has continued every time we speak. And I'm going to try not to get emotional uh, talking about this, but we both definitely got emotional when we talked for the anniversary piece in the new issue. Um, We talked about what it was like for him, you know, coming on to Days in 1981 at a time when there were precious few roles for Black actors and other actors of color. And he observed that uh, back then, you never saw Black characters grow old in daytime. They came and went with great frequency, usually uh, only lasting the length of one contract. Abe, of course, would prove to be the exception. And what a remarkable legacy he has carved out on the show and beyond. You know, James has created the longest running Black character in the history of television, not just daytime television, uh, but television. And also, not for nothing, remains a vital part of the drama in Salem. Um, And James, you know, told me about how he grew up in a town of 800 people. And because of Days of Our Lives, he can go anywhere in the world and have strangers approach him and feel at ease and feel like they know him. And for a small town kid at heart, that is not something that he takes for granted. Uh, So I hope that people uh, check out that interview and also tune in on Monday for a special Abe-centric show that Days has planned to commemorate this milestone anniversary. You know, I almost have chills listening to you because it truly is amazing when you put 
it into context. And you think about what an amazing achievement that is, mm-hmm. you know, for him, not to mention something pretty great that will always be associated with his name. Absolutely. Um, you know, to be the longest running character in television in any category, yes. you know, an incredible milestone. And also Jim is truly one of the good guys in daytime. I mean, he is just the sweetest man and deserves every bit of wonderful that comes his way. Absolutely. Um, Now, Renee Jones, who played Abe's wife Lexi for years, was not available to return, but the show did manage to figure out a workaround because Lexi does play a part in the special episode you mentioned, so people will definitely have to tune in to see what happens there. Um, So we also had some couple news to report in the new issue. Uh, The one I was pretty surprised about was uh, Guiding Light alums Terrell Tilford and Victoria Platt, who have also appeared on Days over the past two years, have split after 20 years of marriage. Um, Now, I don't know them at all, but they just seem to be such a great couple and... I don't know. It just kind of came as a shock. Um, But based on the announcement Terrell put on social media, it all seems very amicable, which is great. Um, And in other news, Emma Sams, best known to soap fans as Holly on General Hospital, tied the knot with Simon McCoy, a former BBC News presenter. So congratulations to them. Uh, That news warmed my heart so much. I actually had such a wonderful conversation with Emma last year uh, over Zoom, you know, and I felt like I was having a catch up with like one of my besties because she's just so warm and so sweet. Uh, But we talked about Simon and how wonderful he was to her, uh, not just through her bout with COVID, but as a lot of people know, she has been suffering with long COVID. So she's really been battling uh, some, you know, extended uh, health issues that have been going on, gosh, you know, nearly two years now. And at one point uh, during our Zoom, he came in with tea for her and he was just so caring and sweet and they just seemed so happy together. So I'm, I'm really so happy for the two of them. Oh, I love hearing that. Um, now, another great feature we have in the new issue is a piece with Young and the Restless's production designer, David Hoffman, who talked about creating the Newman's Italian Palazzo for the recent Ashland Victoria wedding scenes. I mean, those are some incredible sets, so lush and detailed. I love reading how it all came together, where they got the props, you know, what he envisioned, what ended up on air. It's, it's just all amazing. Um, and the photos are pretty great too. Yes, and the sets were, of course, put to great use for all of the scenes surrounding the wedding and all of the drama amongst the guests, uh, which I thought was really fun to watch. And uh, speaking of all of that, our guest today was a guest at that wedding. It's Mark Grossman, YNR's Adam, and I am really excited to get to know him. Me too. So let's get him on the line and see how it's all going. Hi, Mark. Hello, hello. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for uh, having me. It's so great to, uh, to talk to you. Well, we feel the exact same way. We're so happy you could join us today. But, you know, Mara and I have never met you, so we need to kind of find out all about you. You were born in Maryland and raised in Arizona. Uh, So how old were you when you moved, and how did that move come about? Um, Yeah, I was born in Columbia, Maryland, and I think when I was about a year old, we moved to Chicago. Um, Yeah, I was uh, a year old, we moved to Chicago, and then was in Chicago until third grade, and then we moved to Arizona. And was there pretty much uh, most of my life. Well, tell us what childhood in Arizona was like. Very hot, uh, especially coming from Chicago. Uh, it was great, though. Yeah, I, I, I love Arizona. Um, 
you know, my parents had horses when we were younger and it just, it was, it was a lot of fun playing sports and, uh, riding dirt bikes and stuff like that. Uh, it was just obviously much different than Chicago, but yeah, I, I love it. It was, it was a great place to grow up and, and, you know, I still try to go back as, as often as I can. Mm-hmm. Well, you actually had your first starring role in middle school when you played the Beast in a production of Beauty and the Beast, but yours is not a tale of catching the acting bug at this very young age and going all in. But what do you remember about the experience and were you psyched to get the lead role? Yeah, I I remember, I think it was like my music teacher or I I forget what they called it, but... um, you know, it was singing, it was acting. And I remember uh, being in those classes and then getting cast in a couple plays and, and being the beast in Beauty and the Beast. And I remember doing that. And then I, I remember doing this Western mime play. And I was like, it was, it was really fun. But yeah, I have it on, on VHS, me playing the beast. And I, I, I can see the picture, uh, this still photo in, in my mind. But yeah, it was, it was so much fun. And um, I can't remember like how many runs we did of that, but I, I have very fond memories of it, but yeah, that wasn't like when I, you know, cause then I started playing sports. So it wasn't like that was the moment when I was like, Hey, I want to be an actor. Um, but I remember enjoy, uh, enjoying it very much. But really though, your passion when you were younger was for motocross. So forgive our ignorance, but tell us what motocross is and also how many bones you broke doing it. <laughs> uh, so motocross is uh, dirt bikes. It's off-road uh, racing, basically jumps and whoops and turns and you go around the track. And um, I think I, I played all team sports and I love sports growing up. But as soon as I got on a dirt bike, I was like, I don't want to do anything else but ride this bike. And... I think I was 11 and I begged my dad to get me a bike and he didn't want to do it. And then he said I had to get all A's and B's in school and wait the whole semester. And that was like an eternity for a kid, but I did it. And then he finally got me a bike and I just was obsessed with it. I mean, I remember I started working and all my money and my time went to the bike and it's just a huge passion of mine. And actually I haven't rode in like 10 years, but I just recently got a bike for the first time. And I feel like I'm like right back there. And, but yeah, as far as bones go, um, I still have a rod in my femur. I still have a rod in my tibia. I think I've broken my legs four times, my wrists, ribs, concussions. And, um, I I had like five sets of crutches in my garage. I had my own wheelchair at one point. I mean, I, I think I was in the hospital every year of high school and my poor mother was there with me through all of it. Um, but, but that's just racing. It's, it's dangerous and you're going to get hurt. It's just a matter of time. So I was actually just riding last weekend and I was just telling myself, just don't crash. Don't. <laughs> okay. But I want to go fast, but I'm like, you have to be safe, but it's hard. It's a, it's a dangerous sport, but I, I love it. Well, in spite of that, you had aspirations to do it professionally. So tell us when that didn't work out, was that a crushing blow to you at the time? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was all I thought about when I was younger. And I just, I mean, the the truth is I wasn't good enough to to make it um, to that level. Um, A lot of people that 
become professional and make a living at that, they really start young and their entire family kind of supports them. And it, it becomes a whole um, family thing and it takes a lot of money and resources. And, you know, I, I kind of was on my own working and, and didn't have a lot of resources. So, but I love to ride my bike. So, you know, I raced locally and I went to uh, a few amateur nationals, I think in Vegas and in, in a big one in Oklahoma. But, you know, I, I just wasn't good enough and I was getting older and I kind of had to think about my future and I was going to college and um, I, I kind of faded away from it. And uh, yeah, but you know, now I'm doing it again. So I'm, I'm having, I'm having fun doing it just, just for fun. But for the longest time, I, I really wanted to be a professional motocross racer. That's like all I thought about. So in your somewhat winding road to becoming a professional actor, you were an insurance salesman for five years. So how did you get into that line of work? And is there anything that you miss about it? You know, I, I enjoyed sales, to be honest with you. Well, at times, at times. I enjoyed getting on the phone with people. And um, I don't know, I, I, I just enjoyed it. But yeah, it's, I think I was, I was in college and... I was trying to figure out what to do kind of after I washed out from, from the racing stuff. And my dad actually was making a career change and he got me interested in it. So at the time I was like, Oh, well, this is a great gig. Um, so I went out, I studied hard, I got my license and then I started to do it. And, you know, I, I did it, I think for like five years, but I still was in my early twenties and, and mid twenties. And I just, I don't know. I just, I, I had, bigger aspirations. Uh, I have been scouted to do some modeling over the years and I kind of brushed it off and, and I never, I mean, acting wasn't really, it was outside the realm of possibility. I mean, I knew one kid that, um, was, was, was an actor or tried acting when I was in high school, but it was so foreign to me. It, like, I thought you had to be like born into this business. It was like, that thing you do out in California, I know nothing about. It's such a foreign world. And um, it just seemed unattainable. But I always remember I loved movies. I loved watching movies. I would watch them repeatedly. I would go to the movie theater and watch movies uh, like three times. And I would be constantly quoting movie lines. And I feel like 75% of my personality was just movie quotes. And people <laughs> annoyed at me. But it wasn't until... I kind of was getting burned out with insurance that I think I, someone had approached me to do some modeling when I realized that the agencies in Arizona, uh, do acting too. And so then, and then I kind of got introduced to that world and I go, Oh my gosh, like you could actually do this. And I, and I learned more about it. And when I started that, then just like my dirt bike, I was like, okay, I'm all in. Let's, let's do this. Yes. And then I just, you know, jumped into it. Well, tell us about modeling and did you have any great gigs that stood out? Um, it was fun. Uh, I think I try to think great gigs. There was, there was a lot of, uh, fun stuff. You know, I started in, in Arizona and I don't know, one that just came to mind, we, it was for like these new condo buildings and it was kind of this flashy ad thing that we did. And I remember it was kind of, uh, I forget the name of it, but I, yeah, I, I had a, a lot of fun with that and, you know, it's always another excuse to try to stay in shape. <laughs> like, okay, I mean, it's kind of the job. You gotta, you gotta stay in shape. So, um, 
but I, yeah, I had a lot of fun, but I, I think that what I really wanted to do was, was acting. So I, as soon as I got hooked up with an agency, I talked to the acting guy there and, and I was like, you know, you send me out on auditions and he, he said, okay, well go do a monologue or prepare a monologue and come back in. And Oh my gosh, I remember I came into the office like in a full suit because I was doing the scene from uh, uh, a wall street movie and I was horrendous. I mean, like I just said these words so fast and, and Oh my gosh. And I was so nervous, but he was like, um, yeah, I think, I think we could send you out on some auditions, but I would probably was so bad. <laughs> Do you think a, t- a tape exists of that somewhere that we could uh, perhaps insert I, into the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I know there is a tape somewhere because I remember practicing at home and filming it. So it's, it's probably around somewhere, but maybe not. I hope not. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so after, like, I think about a year, uh, you had had enough success or were booking things well enough that you decided to give L.A. a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, your first run in L.A., you were only there, like, seven months. So was it, like, a harsh introduction to Los Angeles for you? Um, y- yes and no. Um, you know, I'm kind of the person that's 100 miles an hour in one direction. So after kind of doing it in Arizona for a year, I was like, you know, let's go to L.A. Like we got, we got to go out there and, um, but I, I, I didn't know LA. I didn't really set myself up for, for much success. So I ended up like moving in with a buddy I knew who was like the only person I knew from AZ that was out there. And I remember sleeping on his, his, we were in the studio and we're like sleeping on air mattresses for, for seven months. And, um, you know, just trying to go out on auditions I don't even think I had an agent or a manager at the time. I think I was just modeling. Um, and yeah, I, I, after seven, eight months, I think I, I moved home because I just, I just was dumb. I didn't, I didn't have a bread and butter job. I didn't set myself up. I didn't know LA. So I think I went home for almost like a year and then um, found an apartment in Studio City, which was actually an area I really liked. And uh, somehow made it back to L.A. Mm-hmm. Well, during that time, you worked as a cater waiter. So what would you say is your most memorable story from that era of your professional life? Oh, my gosh. I have so many good stories. <laughs> yeah, that, we, it was so much, we had so much fun on those jobs, you know, working four or five nights a week. And, uh, you know, because you got to support yourself. And we would always be doing fun events, um, you know, charity events or weddings or stuff like that. I, oh, I can't, I can't, I mean, the one that comes to mind, cause I just drove past uh, Palm Springs. I remember we were working at like Merv Griffith's estate in down in Palm Springs, La Quinta, this big wedding. And, and uh, it just was, it was fun. You know, you're with a group of people that um, are singers and or dancers or actors. And, you know, we're all kind of out here trying to do the same thing. So it, it, it was a lot of fun. Did you, were you ever like working gigs where there were super famous people and you had to kind of keep your cool? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. All, all the time. Um, you know, it, it, and it was just always these, these parties and stuff like that. And so at first, you know, you're like real starstruck by all these people and, and then, then it's like you do it and, and then it just becomes like this normal thing. So it was kind of, it's kind of weird, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, man, if, if anybody wants to, meet some famous people, become a cater waiter in LA. Yeah. A ton of them. 
because there's just so many events all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, speaking of famous, uh, you were on Famous in Love on Freeform, a show that I adored. Um, <laughs> so tell us about your experience of being cast on that and working on that. Oh, that was great. That was like one of those things where I went in for the audition. I, I thought it was just one episode and then they called and like, well, you got it and it's going to be three episodes and you're going to be working with Bill Thorne. And so I was like, oh, wow, that's that's great. And then it turned into like six episodes and they made me like a stalker or a crazy person. And, um, it, it was just fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I think we shot it at, at Warner brothers and that was the first time that I was there working on that lot. And it, it, it was a blast because I actually, I had catered there. So to actually go back there and be able to work as an actor, I was like, this is so cool. You know, I had gone there so much for, for catering. So I was like, I get to be in the sound studio now and actually do some work. It was, it was fun. I was very nervous, but it was fun. Mm -hmm. Are there like any other pre YNR roles you booked that you can point to as like giving you confidence that you were on the right track? Um, trying to think any specific ones, you know, there's little moments I, I think along the way that, um, I mean, affirmation, I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, little moments, where you go, okay, maybe I am doing the right thing. You know, maybe there is something here uh, that keep you going. Uh, um, but a movie, I, I did a TV movie. I think it was called, originally it was called Breach of Trust, but it was one of these lifetime movies. But I remember I really liked, I had fun filming that movie. And um, I just felt, I kind of, not went into the next year, but I just, I just felt like I had a really great experience acting in, in that project. Um, but yeah, it, it really, it was just like a little by little, it, you know, it wasn't like some, some big moment. I was just chipping away, chipping away and you, you hope you're on the right path. And, and yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, let's fast forward to Young and the Restless. So before you were up for the role of Adam, had you ever gone out for a soap before? Yes, actually, I think I had auditioned for probably three or four times for soaps. I think I had auditioned for Bold a few times. Never auditioned for Days. Um, General Hospital uh, a few times, and Mark Teshner was always so nice to me. Um, I remember I, I think I auditioned for him like the first month I was in LA, and and I remember he like gave me a callback. I was so excited. Um, but yeah, and then I think I had auditioned for YNR a couple times. So yeah, there were a few times I got close. I would like go to the callback and then I wouldn't get it. So I was like, okay, all right. It's like the fifth time I'm auditioning and then you get close. I'm like, okay, I know what's going to happen. This has happened like four times. So Obviously you had a lot more success this time around when Adam came up. So tell us the story from your perspective of landing the role of Adam. It, it was interesting because I, you know, obviously I had no idea what the role was. They, they put it under, under code names. So I had, um, I don't know if I should tell the story, but I, I, I don't see any, any reason why I shouldn't, I guess. I had gotten close on another soap like a week before I think I auditioned for this one. And I kind of was really bummed out. And then this audition came up and I was like, fine, okay, fine. I'll go in. And so I, I read the scenes and, and I went in there and I did it and, I, I just was loose, I think. And I, I, I was really loose and, and it worked in my favor. And then they called me back uh, a couple of weeks to the producer sesh or, 
with all, you know, the 50 people in the room, like staring into your soul to see if you're the right person, which is always nerve wracking. And you're waiting around for hours, just overthinking it. But uh, <laughs> that's how it goes. And then, yeah, it wasn't until I think there was like four guys it came down to. And then after I left the call back, they wanted me to come and screen test two days later, like on the set in wardrobe, full hair and makeup, do these scenes with three of the actors on the show. And I was so backwards when I got on the studio. I had no idea where I was. And I'm looking at all these like little sets in the soundstage and they're trying to squeeze it in um, during a, a working day. And I remember me and Sharon, we, you know, we had a little bit of downtime because I had to do a scene with Sharon and we were just talking. I'm like trying to distract myself because I'm nervous. And uh, <laughs> then we finally do it. We do these three scenes. And, and yeah, I think it was like a few hours later, they, they called and said, I, I got it. So and it, I was like, wow. And then I wasn't going to start for like a month. So. so I was good. I was like, okay, I got a month to like figure all this out or try to at least or do all the research and stuff like that because I didn't even know at that point what the character was. Well, did you find it daunting to take over a role with so much backstory that the audience knew about and you didn't? And so how, and if so, how did you go about trying to wrap your head around the character and his history? 100%. I was, I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified, especially after like looking at all the, the people who played Adam previously and the great work that they did and you know, realizing how important the character was to the show. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like I, I, this is, it was very scary, very daunting. So I just did all my research as much as I could on the internet. I watched videos of all of the people that played Adam and I'm trying to figure out like what this guy's all about. And, you know, and then, then thankfully at that point, you know, I had some rapport with Sharon and I just, we went to lunch and I asked her every question. I'm just asking her thousands of questions and she probably wanted to strangle me. Um, but she was great, you know, and, and she was so helpful. And especially in the beginning, she helped me so much try to figure out Adam, you know, because, and obviously like Shadam, like what her and Muni created, I mean, it was beautiful, you know? And, and so it, it was very scary. And, Sharon helped me so, so much because I, you know, I started working with her, um, right off the bat. So yeah, it was uh, a very stressful time that, that first, uh, first few months, I would say. Okay. So you're like over 500 episodes into your run as Adam now, remarkably. So do you feel like you ultimately started a job that you knew what you were getting yourself into, or do you feel like the Mark Grossman of like 2019, would have been really surprised about what lay ahead in terms of what it actually requires to do this, this work in daytime television. As actors uh, that actors, I think that haven't done daytime, you hear about it. You hear about the volume and the pace and, and just how much uh, you have to do. But I mean, you have no idea until you actually experience that. So, you know, I just was, it was like a sink or swim kind of thing. Um, and I, I don't know if I'm answering your question, uh, but yeah, I just remember in the beginning, I was just like, look, I have to make this happen because I, I, I'm, I'm not going to sink. And they, I just had so much material and, and 
you know, I feel like I almost had a couple of nervous breakdowns and, and just trying to retain that much dialogue, but then it got easier, you know, and I had wonderful people around me, all the actors here and, and, and the crew, I mean, super supportive and it just got easier, thankfully. And I could like retain the material because it just was show after show after show. And then, you know, little by little, I, I got more comfortable and then kind of, you know, tried, tried to make Adam my own and, 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 um, you know, a lot of it depends on what the writers are writing and stuff like that. And, and so, yeah, it's been a wonderful, wonderful two and a half years. I mean, do you remember a moment where you felt like, okay, I got it. Like, I know what I'm doing and I'm comfortable enough to start bringing my stuff into it. Oh no, I, I, I never think I have it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm always like the camera cuts. I'm like, did that suck? Like, <laughs> How bad it sucked, didn't it? And I'm like, can we do that again? And they're like, no, it's one, we're moving on. And I'm like, <laughs> but I don't know. I think it's just an actor thing that you're, you're never satisfied. And, and but no, I, I never think I have it. I mean, I've, I feel like there's times where I feel more connected to whatever the storyline is or something like that. And, and, but I think that's just normal because we, we do so much and the storyline's always changing. Um, so, you know, I try to be confident, but, but it's always that feeling like, I think I, I there's more that I can do. It can be better, you know, um, but it's, a, it's just a super demanding medium, as you know. Yeah. Um, I have to say, I, I remember the first time I interviewed your, your, uh, your friend, Johnny Wachter, who plays Brando on GH. And he said oh, yeah. that talking to you really helped him know what he needed to bring his first day. Like he needed to have the lines. He needed to be ready to go. So you're paying it forward. Yeah. I was so happy for him. Cause uh, I forget it wasn't that, I mean, what was it, like a year or a year and a half ago that I think he, he got on GH and I was so happy for him, but and yeah, I was happy that I could, I could help him and try to give him some advice because I know it's um, if you if you've never done daytime before, it's it can be very scary, and, and mm -hmm. you just got to be prepared. You know, you got to know your lines. Mm -hmm. um, well, as Adam, you're a member of one of the most beloved families in daytime television, the Newmans, and the relationships Adam shares with his relatives are complicated, to say the least. But let's talk about your experience working with your fictional family. We're going to give you a name and you tell us about your real life dynamic with them. So of course, we're going to start with Eric Braden, who plays your father, Victor. Oh, I love Mr. Braden. He's been so great. You know, he's, he's helped me so much and, and given me such great advice. And I, it's an honor to work with him. You know, it, we'll be in scenes and it'll just be not scripted. And if someone's crying, like he's right there with you and, and he's just been great. He's, he's been so great. Um, I, I just love working with him. I love talking to him and I, I always just feel honored to, to be working with him. Did you know who he was like, just because he's so recognizable, even if you weren't a watcher of the show? You know what? Um, I hate to say no, because I, I've just never, when I was younger, I didn't watch soap operas. And like, I, I don't know of anybody in my immediate family. I know my aunt is a huge YNR fan. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't really keen to that. Um, until I got on the show and then I realized who Eric Brayton is, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. 
Did you ever watch Titanic? You can't quote Titanic to us? Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, yes, Jack Dawson. Um, <laughs> Chippewa Falls Dawson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Love All that. right, what about uh, Joshua Morrow, who plays your half-brother, Nick? I love Joshua. I'm sure you've heard that he's like the funniest guy. He's, he's so fun to work with and we're always cracking jokes and, and laughing and um, he's just, he's, he's hilarious. And I, uh, I loved working with him. And again, you know, he's a vet and he's, anytime I have a question or need help with anything, like he's there, he's there. Mm -hmm. uh, what about Amelia Heinley who plays Victoria? <laughs> Amelia's great. Um, I, I love Amelia. I love working with her and I really love the, Lately, what's been going on with Adam and Victoria, you know, it's softened a little bit. And there's been a couple scenes we've done where it's been it's been lighter between the two of us. So I've really enjoyed uh, our, our scenes lately. But love Amelia. Yeah. I'm just lucky to be in the Newman family. <laughs> yeah, clearly. I know. We'll get to who you don't like soon enough. No, I'm teasing. Um, OK, what about Melody Thomas Scott, who plays Nikki? Literally just walked off stage from doing a, a scene with her yeah she's wonderful she's wonderful you, you know our uh, our characters don't really like each other so um we haven't got a chance actually we just did a scene where kind of softened a little bit so it, that was nice because it's been so you know she doesn't like adam uh nikki doesn't like adam and you know it's it's uh, adam's stepmom so there's there's always that friction but she's just a delight. Um, now, Adam's love life is also a source of frequent conflict in his life, and there's a lot of debate among viewers about who he belongs with. Um, so first, let's talk about Adam and Sharon. Uh, there is a huge faction of Shadam fans out there. I hear from them every week. So tell us, you know, you mentioned about working with Sharon, how helpful she was, but talk to us about working with her within that Shadam dynamic. Yeah, Sharon is, I mean, she is wonderful. And like I said, she has helped me so much. You know, she's been with me since since the beginning. And, you know, obviously when I did my research, you know, watching what her and Michael Muni did and wonderful scenes and creating this uh, relationship between Adam and Sharon and, and the connection that they have, um, I thought it again it was super scary because it's like now i'm coming into this and i need to stay true to the history between adam and sharon uh, i mean i know i know that they haven't been together in a while um but that's a very intimate and complicated relationship and and i want to i need to do my best to make sure this is as good as it can be you know i mean you can never recreate what uh, somebody else did but um you know try to make something of your own so Sharon is, is wonderful. I mean, she's such a great actress and we'll, we'll like do scenes and come out of them. And I'll be like, how did you do that out of what was printed on this page? Like, it's crazy, you know, and, and that's why she's Queen Sharon. She's <laughs> exactly. Wonderful. And I, I try to keep up, you know, I'm, I'm, everybody I work with, I'm just trying to keep up. Well, so what is your take on Adam and Sharon? Like, do you see them as a destiny duo or do you think Adam should like really try to leave their romance in the past and let her live with happily ever after with Ray? 
I don't know. It's hard for me to say, and I, and I, and I shouldn't say, um, you know, because it is complicated. Like who, who does Adam belong with, you know, um, Chelsea, Sharon, um, they're, they're both such, they're the loves of Adam's life, you know, for, for different reasons. And it, I, you know, I can't say who does Adam belong with. It's, it's, you can't answer that question, you know, and I think that's by design. Um, they're, they're different relationships, but I know that from what I saw, Adam and Sharon have a deep, deep um, connection. They, they get each other. They understand each other. And, you know, Sharon's really brings out the good in Adam and she's kind of the mother, you know, she's the mother earth of the show and kind of, so, yeah. Okay, well, there is Adam and Chelsea, and your on-again, off-again leading lady, Melissa Claire Egan, is currently on maternity leave, but will be returning soon. So tell us about working with Missy. M Missy is so wonderful, and um, you know, she, I, I'm glad she's back. She was back, uh, I saw her yesterday for the first time, and, you, you know, just like the Adam-Sharon relationship, it's, it's, there's so much history to Adam and Chelsea. And so I, I'm always trying to like do justice to the, to what's been done with these relationships before the people that have come before me. And, um, but she's, she's wonderful to work with. And obviously, you know, there's been a lot of drama with Adam and Chelsea and, um, I guess they've broken up and, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of drama as, as she's returning now. Um, but yeah, Miss, Missy's great. I, I love working with her and we're like the same way. Like we want to run lines like all the time. We're like, let's run, let's run, let's run it. And, um, She's great. She's, she's, she's great. Um, I love working with her. Did you love working with her when you had all the dialogue and she had none of the dialogue? <laughs> <laughs> when she was in the wheelchair, I was like, come on, you take half the scene, say half of this. I'm just sitting there <laughs> talking and she's, and I'm talking and I'm talking and I have pages of monologue. Oh uh, yeah. Lucky her. She's got to sit there, but she was great in that wheelchair. Wasn't she the stuff that she expressed through her eyes, you know, and, it was great. Absolutely. Uh, okay. So give us your sense of like how you think Adam feels about where things were left with Chelsea. Yeah. Oh, wow. There's been so much stuff that's happened. I mean, they right now they split up because she framed him for murder, right? Sorry. I'm like, we do so much stuff. I'm like four months ago. I mean, that was like 10 years ago. <laughs> so much has happened since then. But yeah. Um, you know, they had a pretty big falling out and she's been away. So we're going to see what's going to happen. Um, you know, with Adam, it's always about the son and wanting you to make sure Connor's okay. So, um, you know, we're, we're trying to co-parent over, over Skype and, and she's going to be back in Genoa city soon. And something's going to go down like that. Well, she's going to find there's another lady in the run-in since she's been gone. So <laughs> over the past little while, Adam has developed a very interesting dynamic with Sally, played by Courtney Hope. I yeah. happen to, please, with all due respect to Shadam and Chatham, I love Adam and Sally. Like, I think it's one of those things that the two of you just worked so well together, like, from go. Um, but tell us about your experience working with Courtney. She's a rock star. Um, Love working with her. Uh, we've had so much fun and they've been writing us a lot of really fun stuff. You know, stuff that I haven't really got to do since I've been on the show because Adam's in a lighter 
part of his life right now. He's kind of happy. So it's like they're, they're writing um, some light scenes, some more banter and stuff like that. So it, it's been really fun with her because I've just been kind of leaning into that and I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, she's really fun to work with and I've, I've just really enjoyed what they've been writing. And, you know, I, I don't know where it's going to go, but when we started working together, I was like, I, I love the fact that if they do, you know, turn this into a relationship or something like that, it's a clean slate for Adam, you know, it, it could be anything. And maybe now is a good time for him to meet someone else, or maybe it's not. I mean, maybe this will make him realize where his heart really is. Um, but yeah, I love working with Courtney. She's, she's great. And, um, I love the stuff they've been writing. It's been a lot of fun. So I probably took it a little too far, the, the silliness, but I guess we'll let other people decide about that. <laughs> we'll let the YNR cameraman tell you if you, if you did good <laughs> or not. <laughs> um, well, I myself am a sucker for like two town pariahs kind of finding common ground. I always love that kind of story. So I, 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 even if it's not Endgame, I hope we have some fun stuff coming up between between those characters. Um, so we have seen, speaking of Adam being in a lighter period of his life, we've seen him making a really sincere go at turning over a new leaf, uh, turning his life around. We even just very, uh, very much to our surprise, saw him sort of being the, the moral compass to Nick at the wedding and encouraging him not to disrupt it. Um, oh, weird. <laughs> right? So just in terms of, uh, like what's fun and intriguing about bringing Adam to life. Would you like to see him continue down that path or would you like to see him sort of fall back into the role of pot stirrer? <laughs> well, it's way more fun to be bad and stir things up. Um, but I am enjoying it right now. I'm, I'm enjoying the dynamic with Victoria, Adam and Victoria and, you know, the kind of light side with Adam and Sally and, and Adam and Victor are getting along and Nick. So I I'm enjoying all that, but I'm always like, eh, it's, I need to do something bad. It's I'm being too normal. Um, <laughs> like manipulate someone or I don't know, uh, steal a baby, do, sure. do, do something. Sure. But for right now I'm enjoying it. So I'm like leaning into it, but um, I hope it doesn't last for too long because it's, it's more fun to do the the conflict stuff. Well, on that note, you know, what was it like for you to join the show and kind of find out that everyone really doesn't like Adam? And so everything <laughs> you're doing is basically like getting sort of stepped on, yelled at, <laughs> trashed. Yeah. Uh, I was like, wow, you guys all really hate me. Okay. I get it. Um, yeah. It, there's definitely a lot of times where you're like doing scenes and you're like, wow, I really don't like me um <laughs> but I, I i don't know i enjoy that it seems like that's kind of roles that i've got cast as a, a lot i don't know if i just have like the jerk face or something um i don't, I don't know but i i enjoy it but yeah i i actually really liked when they made adam and chance friends i was like this is like the first time adam in my experience, had a friend and uh, to a degree until he was very mad at Adam for getting him shot. But um, um, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was really nice. He kind of had a friend for, for a little while there. Having been on YNR now for, for a good while, how would you say that landing the job, 
the steady work, uh, uh, the steady, you know, the steadiness of this kind of work, how has it changed your life? Well, I mean, it's honestly, it's completely changed my life. Um, you know, it's the first time I was able to make a living as an actor. Um, and it's just a, a wonderful job, you know, the consistency of it. Um, it's, it's here local, you know, you're, you're going to the same spot. Um, we have a three day weekend every week, which is wonderful. So just, just that routine and that consistency and, and thankfully, you know, Adam's a character that works a lot and, and is real heavy on the show usually. So it's, it's been a dream job for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, when you're not at your dream job, we know you just got a new bike, so you're riding it, but what else do you do when you're not in Genoa city? Yeah, I know. I'll probably be in the hospital for a broken bone sometimes. (laughs) Nope, not, but probably. you know, I just, I just try to stay active and, and hike and, and get to the gym when I can. And, um, you know, I, I go back to Arizona when I, when I have some time off and, and see family. And now probably the only thing I'm going to be doing is ride my dirt bike every chance I can. And, um, you know, go, go on road trips and stuff like that. But, you know, honestly, the show consumes most of my life. And, and that's, that's fine. You know, that's, that's what I, I came out here to do is to be an actor. So. Uh, it's nice that it takes up most of my time. So, yeah. One of the things that is sort of unique about being an actor in this genre is how frequently you actually act and have scenes to work on and you're in front of a camera. How has that changed, like, the way that you feel about yourself as a performer? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question because, you know, as a, as a struggling actor, when you, the only time you're acting, I guess, if you're in class or when you go audition and then, you know, if in daytime it, as in the Adam Carey, it's like you act so much all the time. And, and I, I guess on some level you would, you would hope that the more you do it, the better you get at it. I mean, I don't know if that's the case with acting, but where it is is like a sport, maybe, you know, with um, swinging a bat, you get better at it. Repetition. Um, the fact that we get to act so much has been, really beneficial. And I just feel like I've learned a lot and I continue to learn and, and you, you get good at being quick, making choices and trusting your instinct. And, and, but then you, you, then you get the opportunity to try new things. Cause you know, a lot of times you're in the same sets doing similar scenes. So it's like, well, this time I'm going to try this and you might have a different idea. And, and so there's a lot of opportunities um, to, I guess, kind of play in, in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, now we often hear from, people who play villainous characters, that they have memorable fan encounters. I know maybe COVID has, and wearing masks has <laughs> had an effect on that, but have you had any memorable fan encounters since taking over the role of Adam? We, we've done a couple uh, events, charity events in, in Canada and had a wonderful time, you know, and the fans are so great and they're so nice. And I know YNR, I think they do them every two years, but obviously COVID screwed everything up. Um, so we haven't done it, but, you know, people are just, they're just very nice. And, and, you know, you hear how much they really enjoy watching the show. Like I was back home and I was out to eat with my dad and some lady recognized me and she came up and, and uh, her kids went to the high school that I went to and, and she had no idea that I was from uh, the, this town. And it just, it just was really nice. It was nice to talk to her and, um, you know, you know, I, Eric said this to me and he, he just said, you know, we entertain people and, and it, it doesn't, 
you don't have to make it anything more than that. I mean, you can, but it's like the fact that we just get to entertain people. I mean, that's just a great thing. So I hope that I, I, I do that. And um, when people come up and say nice things, it feels, it feels really nice. Especially given your motocross zeal when you were younger, what did your parents think when this pivot happened professionally? Uh, I mean, my mother is, she's the sweetest woman in the world. She would support me doing anything. You know, she just wants me to be happy. My father, on the other hand, he just probably thought, what? You want to be an actor? Okay, okay. Uh, pipe down over there. Um, <laughs> you know, but it was the same thing with my dirt bike. He always, he always thought I was crazy. And uh, <laughs> but he was picking up the hospital tab. So he, he was like, get off the dirt bike. And my mom was like, he loves it. So, you know, he, I don't know. Um, but they were very surprised and that I, that I wanted to do that. But, you know, I was, I, I was in my mid twenties. I was a grown adult and, and, and I made my own decisions on what I wanted to do. So they, they wished me the best, but I'm sure they, they, uh, they didn't have high hopes uh, deep down if my dad was being honest. Uh, well, I always tell the story that my parents did not appreciate how much I watched soap operas growing up. But then when I got this job, it was their favorite story to tell that they would yell at me for watching them. And then it became my profession. So what was it like for your dad to be sitting with you and you be recognized in a restaurant by someone who loves your work? Oh, well, now he won't shut up about it. Now, <laughs> now he's like embarrassing. And, and every time I'm in public with him, he's like trying to, to tell people. Uh, and I'm like, Dad, be quiet. <laughs> It's so, it's so funny. He, he, he's so embarrassing now. So it's, it's really funny. Um, but, but it's great. I mean, obviously, you know, the fact that he's proud of me is, 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 is all that matters. So, um, it's wonderful. And, you know, life's, life's interesting. You know, you don't you never know what's going to happen. Well, before we let you go, and I have to say what an enjoyable time getting to know you. Oh, so nice talking with you. Uh, is there anything that you would like to say directly to the YNR fans who are listening to this conversation? I, I would just thank them so much. Um, like I said, I mean, they've, they've been so nice and, and supportive and, you know, me coming on as, as the fourth person to play this role, you know, it was, it was really um, scary and, for them to receive me and be nice and uh, the things that they have said, you know, I just, I just hope that they have enjoyed it and, and been entertained because that's, you know, that's what I was hired to do is, is try to fill this role and, and give it justice. Um, Cause it, you know, like I said, everybody that had done it before me was great. And, and so I, I just want to thank them so much. And um, They've been they've been very nice and, and supportive, and I just I, I hope that they uh, are enjoying the show, and um, you know hope, hope to see them at, at, at a fan event soon, <laughs> hopefully soon. Well, we hope to see you soon again. Thank you so much for joining us today and telling us more about yourself, and we look forward to seeing what's next for Adam. Thank you so much. It really was great talking to you both. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Mark Grossman for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. <laughs>